This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. And greetings and salutations, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the best show on your radio. It's the Electric Circus known as Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. I appreciate you joining us on the ESPN app. Sirius X and Channel 80. And also that smart speaker of yours to play ESPN radio. Can't wait to hear what you have to say when it comes to two things. Number one, our best and worst of the weekend that comes to you in 10 minutes. Number two, either on Twitter at hdouglas83 and at Coleman ESPN on the phone at 888-729-3776. Who put up or shut up this weekend in the National Football League? Derek Palon says, Derek, I hope I got your last name right. If I did, my apologies. The Minnesota Vikings keep putting up five-game winning streak, and our man, Mr. Mr. Pasternak himself, is balling out when it comes to the quarterback. Freddie, last week it was the man didn't know the snap count. He was trying to get it on the sidelines, barely knew his teammate's name. This mm-hmm. week he tries to go to the locker room. He has to have a person that works at the stadium tell him where the uh-huh. hell the locker room is. And he <laughs> out there balling on people. <laughs> balling left and right. No, Shout out to Joshua Dobbs. Yeah, no doubt about that. That has become a fascinating story. The Minnesota Vikings right now, the hottest team in the National Football League. They've won five in a row. Can't wait to hear what you have to say with your phone calls at 888-729-3776. We called this previous Sunday, Put Up or Shut Up Sunday in the NFL. We want to hear from you one way or the other, who put up and who shut up or shut up at 888-729-3776. And when it comes to putting up or shut up, Devin Kane, this is for you. Purdy, Brock Purdy of the San Francisco 49ers, because you see what had ha- happened was the Jacks mm. with Jaguars. They didn't realize what was coming into their building, known as the San Francisco 49ers, off a three-game losing streak. And Purdy, Brock Purdy said, I don't know why you guys are surprised. You did see us the first five weeks of the season. Yeah, it's huge. You know, when you, you lose three in a row, obviously it's like, man, you want to get back on track. But honestly, we've taken every single game, you know, very seriously. And, and uh, we come come to work, you know. We never got complacent or anything. There's some things that had, haven't gone our way a couple plays within the last game, last couple games. But uh, for this one, came with the right mindset of backs against the wall in a sense. And, uh, let, you know, let's play like, like hungry again. So I think that was the mindset. But overall, man, we're just trying to play Niner football. So, Freddie, when this game started yesterday, right, I was still at the hotel in Seattle, and I said to myself, you know what, I can't leave to go to the stadium right now to call this other football game. I need to see the first few drives of the San Francisco 49ers because Mm -hmm. I need to know what kind of shh I need to talk to Brother Dev (laughs) in this group text message. (laughs) And when I seen that first drive Uh by Brock Purdy, Purdy that is, Boy, I wasted no time to write in that group message to Brother Dev and let him know, hmm, Brock Purdy's show look good to me. Brother Devin, can you got a rebuttal? No, I mean, we, as you as you know, uh-huh. ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge, uh, we right. picked the 49ers, so yes, I was I was a big Brock Purdy fan. I'm happy wow. you balled up. <laughs> Can't tell cover. me nothing today, HD. Good cover, DK. Wow, Take wow. that, HD. Good cover, Devin yeah. King. I was Good happy for him, man. Rooting for the show. Yeah, listen, he had Debo Samuel back. He has, you know, mm-hmm. his five pro bowlers on his, on, when he has four, he can't do anything, but when he's got five. Hey, all right, that, that'll you be hit, fine, you hit, Devin You hit a shade, you hit a shade. That'll be fine, Devin I can't believe the shade. Everybody can't be the bad news giants, okay? <laughs> Everybody can't be the bad news giants. I'm, Let me get back to Brock Purdy. You stop there. Let me get back to Brock Purdy. That's enough. Because you know what's coming. Yeah, yeah exactly. you. More shade. But I, but I think it was just the confidence in which he played with, right? The yeah. throws that 
he may have threw, threw an interception on in previous weeks that he still had the confidence to do. Rolling out on that first drive and saying, you know what? I trust my wide receiver, Brandon Ayuk. I'm going to throw it up to him, let him make a play. That's what he did. Multiple movements mm-hmm. within the play action and getting out on the edges by Kyle Shanahan. And I love the different components that he used within the mm-hmm. offense of having right. Christian McCaffrey starting on one side and then moving Debo Samuel coming in the backfield, whirlwinding and getting being eye candy to the defense. So this football team came out to play, not just offensively, but it all started with me too on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. When I seen Fred Warner, when Trevor Lawrence went on the bootleg to the right side and he kept contained and went and ran him down and it was an incomplete pass. And in the second play, he had a tackle, but his body language right. walking around like, you know what? A lot of people doubted us. Not no more. We hear the hit stick talk. Watch your mouth, mm-hmm. HD. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence, Jackson with Jaguars quarterback. What 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 had happened? You got to feel the pain and embarrassment of, of today, and that's what it is. It's just it's terrible. You know, I, one of the worst games I've probably played in my career. So you know, I feel that, and I take responsibility for that. And yeah, it's just we we couldn't do anything right today. So, but you got to flush it too. I mean, that's the thing is. Uh, Sucks, but the reality is a, a 31 point loss, and that's crazy to even say. But 31 point loss, the same as a three point loss. Jacksonville was ready to play. The 49ers beat the ready out of them. <laughs> they, 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 they said all the right things leading up to it. Their game faces were perfect for everything got started. Big crowd in Jacksonville. Duval. <laughs> Next thing you know, they put the Duval in their mouth when it came to San Francisco 49ers. So I had no doubt that the 49ers and the Jaguars were ready to play. But the 49ers knocked the ready out of them. It wasn't any kind of message being sent to the NFC. It was all about the 49ers getting back to what they do best. It's all predicated on their defense. When their defense goes out there and they're bullying everybody in the playground, everybody feels better. Everybody plays better. Everybody coaches better. When you take an identity away, and you know this, Harry, playing in the NFL, when yep. you take away someone's identity and have them have a chance to think, okay, what can we do to get back to that? That's when you have a football team. And that's what happened versus Cleveland, although to be fair. Brock Purdy didn't play well in that game, but down the stretch in that final drive, they were a missed field goal from that narrative not being that way with Brock Purdy. Against the Minnesota Vikings, their defense got pushed around by that Vikings offense, and Kirk Cousins went nuts. And then I don't know what went on with the Cincinnati Bengals. Said The Bengals were clearly the better team everywhere. Offense, defense, special teams. But when their defense looks like that, that's the team I thought I would see the rest of the season. That is one of the best teams in the NFL. When they don't play like that, it affects everybody. And th- to your point, that defense came out and said, hey, Jacksonville, you may be ready. We're going to beat the ready out of you. And that's exactly what happened. And Jacksonville, it wasn't a case not being ready. It was a case of some team saying, we're not having that nonsense today. And there's something to say when you can move your opponent from point A to point B against his will. And I think that's what the San Francisco 49ers did offensively. That's what they did defensively. You talk about a a unit on the defensive side that had five five sacks. I thought Javon Hargrave may have played his best game as a San Francisco 49er. Right, And we all know what Nick Bosa is able to do. Chase Young got in on the action. Eric Armstead, mm-hmm. who fungo playing at a high level. Fred Warner, like we already mentioned. Right. This football team came out after a bye week, and both teams had a bye week. Yeah. But the one is the San Francisco 49ers look like a team that mm-hmm. has been to NFC Championship games, look like a team that has been to a Super Bowl, look like a team that has, you know, had slits before but knew how to get back on track. That's what they are right now. Now, for Jacksonville, Mm. I would say this. They better not let this affect them because you know who they have next? 
The Houston they Texans. Have, well, so they got the Tennessee Titans, a divisional opponent first, and right. then they got to go to Houston. Mm. So you have two divisional opponents. Right. So what I'm saying is for, for Jacksonville, make sure – you counter this loss in the right manner right? so you can stay where you want to be, and that's in this division. Because the Houston Texans aren't playing with anybody right now. No and they don't that. care who's on the opposing sidelines. They coming for you. In San Francisco, they put up. The Jaguars Jaguars had to shut up after losing to the 49ers 34-3. Triple H, say ESPN, 888 James in North Carolina, we called this previous weekend in the NFL, put up or shut up this weekend. Who either put up or shut up, and how did they do that this weekend, James? Let us know. Yes, sir. Uh, first off, man, let me tell you something. Shout out to you and Harry from all truck drivers across the land. Every day at 1,500 hours, y'all is must hear. You know what I'm saying? Got, got to have it. Y'all some funny dudes. Man. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. <laughs> and, we, <laughs> and we stand on your shoulders, James, by keeping this country safe and also keeping this country going. So thank you for those kind words, my brother. Yeah, not a doubt. Not, no, no problem. So this is the thing. Now, hear me out. Hear me out, Harry. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Give me a chance to get it out. I got you. You know what I'm saying? Who put up? So, so who put up and who shut up? Dak Prescott put up. Now we're talking. We're talking 400 yards in the air, four tubs, a running touchdown. I mean, he had two receivers to go for a, a buck and change. They even resurrected the bones of the, the spirit of Michael Gallup, who will probably not be with us next, uh, uh, um, um, next year. You know what I'm saying? Dak Prescott made players better Sunday, which everyone says is what elite quarterbacks do. And he did that Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Nope. And no one can, can deny that. And who needs to shut up is the people saying that he's not elite. <laughs> and I'm going to hang up in here. Y'all have a good day. I'm going to hear what you talking about. You too, James. All right, now, James, James, you have a good point. Now, now Dak Prescott showed up and showed out. And I, and I think the last three games, it might be four, but I know the last three for sure, Dak Prescott has bought his A game and has really grabbed his football team. And a few weeks ago, I did not know the offensive identity. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. after that second to last game that they played, I knew what it was. Just mm-hmm. give Dak Prescott the football, let him go to work, Figure out the run game, right? That's yeah. it's one thing that they have to figure out more so of. Mm-hmm. But I think right now it's Dak Prescott and trusting him to take you to the promised land. That's if you want to contend for a Super Bowl. If you want to contend right. with the San Francisco 49ers. If you want to contend with the Philadelphia Eagles. If you want to compete with the uh, Detroit Lions. You have to allow Dak Prescott to be your best player offensively. And you have to trust him moving forward. Now, as far as elite. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott is a really, really good quarterback, in my opinion. We got to be careful how we throw the word elite around. Elite is Patrick Mahomes. Elite is Joe Burrow, in my opinion. Yeah, by the way, you mentioned in terms of playing elite, ever since the debacle versus San Francisco against the Chargers, 21 to 30, 272 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Against the Rams, 25 to 31, 304 yards, four touchdowns, one pick. Against Philadelphia, even in a loss, 29 to 44. For 374 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Against the Giants yesterday, 26 to 35, 404 yards, four touchdowns, one interception, ran for one. Now, the narrative on the other side would be that, well, who has he played other than Philadelphia? We know the narrative would sound like if he didn't put up those kind of numbers against any of those teams. Oh, Dak Prescott can't get it done. You can't play mix and match with numbers just because they don't fit a narrative you have of somebody. And I'm with you. Dak Prescott is not an elite quarterback. Has he played at a better level? Sure. Is it an elite level? Eh, we'll see. But I want to see it when it gets to the playoffs. When you run into Philadelphia again, can you do it again? 
when you run into San Francisco, when you run into the Kansas City Chiefs defense they'll play later on this year. And I know that defense is a lead in Kansas City. You keep putting up numbers like that, you eliminate those questions until you get to the playoffs. But there's no doubt lately he's been able to put up or shut up. And, and I'll say this lastly, like they have a span where they face at the end of the year, they're going to go against the Seattle Seahawks, pretty good defense. Philadelphia Eagles, pretty good defense. the Buffalo Bills, pretty good defense. the Miami Dolphins, yeah. and the Detroit Lions. Pretty good defense. Yeah, we'll see. Let me, we'll, let me, we'll let me, see. Let me see you get there, Dak. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But I like, I, like, I like where you are right now, Dak Prescott. Yes, so do I. I don't want to take nothing away from you. Yeah. I like where you are right now as a quarterback yeah. in this league right yeah. now. I if, like it. And as a Cowboys fan, I love it. Jesse in Indiana, who had to put up or shut up this weekend in the NFL, let us know on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio at 888-729-3776. Yes, hello? Hello. Yes, uh, the San Francisco 49ers put up one hell of a show this weekend. Watch out, boys. They're back. Yeah, I don't think they're back. They never went anywhere to me. That, that's, that's what I keep <laughs> trying to tell everybody. Like, we, we got we to understand, like, for San Fran, and the reason I know, I watch things so closely, and you know how I am, Freddie. I'm going to cross my T's and dot my I's on everything that I do. The San Francisco 49ers the last two years, especially last year, yeah. they had the same little lapse, and it was because Absolutely. of injuries. Mm-hmm. Now, it wasn't three in a row, right. but they went through a stretch where they had lost to the Chicago Bears. They lost to, like, three opponents early in the season last year that weren't that good last year, right? Mm -hmm. And they figured it out once everyone got healthy. It's the same thing that happened this year, right? You had a few guys that get injured, and they lost their way a little bit. Now I think they had a bye week, got a chance to get get healthy, get guys back, and I think they're going to be off to another streak. They lost to Chicago, Denver, Atlanta, three out of their first six games. Then they got the blood beaten out of them by Kansas City, 44-23. to After that, they didn't lose again until all the quarterbacks got knocked out against yep. the Philadelphia Eagles in that NFC Championship game. Great stuff by Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman. I'm Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. All you have to do is visit Progressive.com. From the top stories in sports. This is a huge story. To the bottom. So we reach the bottom of the barrel. This is 3 Up, 3 Down. It's always the best and the worst of the weekend. It can be NFL related. It could be personal related. It could be college related. But it's all related somehow. And we flip it each and every week. Last week, I gave the 3 Up. Harry gave the 3 Down. This week, Harry's on the positive I'm on the negative, and we start with number one. Ooh, number one, we had college game day up in Athens, not too far from my house, the Georgia Bulldogs, number two versus it was the Ole Miss Rebels, and boy, why did they even show up? Georgia took them to the backyard and gave them a good old-fashioned butt whooping. 52 to 17. Carson Beck threw for over 300 yards, two touchdowns. UGA as a team rushed for over 300 yards and five touchdowns. Their defense was flying around. They knocked the quarter, starting quarterback out. They had to bring in Spencer Sanders, who transferred from Oklahoma State. Uh-huh. Ole Miss never had a chance. They said, sick them. The Georgia Bulldogs are my number one up. This week, and they should tomorrow when the Rangers come out, uh-huh. be the number one team in the country. Who's that coming down the track? That me machine wearing the red and black. That was Ugga, Ugga, <laughs> taking care of business because Hotty Toddy, good gosh, they had no chance to win a mighty when it came to Ole Miss. On the other side of that, as bad as Ole Miss was versus Georgia, I knew the Giants were going to be bad versus Dallas. I didn't expect that. It looked like an NAIA team playing Alabama. 
That's how bad it was for the Giants. I know they got a third-string quarterback. I know I'm getting stink out right now from Shannon Penn and Devin Kane, two of our producers who are Giants fans. I knew they were going to get stomped by a big dog known as Dallas, but they were that bad. They've been outscored in two games against the Dallas Cowboys, 95 to 17. Oh, pathetic. Just pathetic. 95 to 17. And all the 17 came in the second game. Well, hold on, Dev. Uh-uh, uh-uh, Dev. No, Freddie. Well, Devin, no. We See, we we love when everybody on the show was a part of it. Uh, but when we're doing downs and we're talking about the Giants, Devin, right now, no. This is not the time. Why not? Because they pathetic. Can I talk about what I talked about in the pre-show meeting? Absolutely. I just thought, listen, listen. I, I just thought that maybe the Falcons, who, don't you do, who don't lost you to the one and eight Cardinals, maybe should have been on the do list. That to me. Kyler Murray came back, and Kyler Murray and his little feet and his little legs were all over the place. But don't like you I do it to me. Like I said to Harry, hey, the Falcons, the Falcons losing helped my Giants because now we're number two. Tankathon, baby. Well, they played like number two all year long, but that's another yeah, story for yeah, another that, day. That was a hell of a comeback, Dev. I like that. Thank you. I learned from the best. Yes, you do. Speaking of. Number two. Number two, I'm going to go to women's basketball at the college level. Oh, Caitlin loving Clark. That. Loving that. She had a triple-double, yes, 24 points, 11 assists, 10, 10 rebounds versus Northern Iowa. But that was after she had 44 points on Thursday mm-hmm. versus number eight, Virginia Tech. This is the best uh, women's college basketball player in the country. I love her grind. I love the way she approaches the game. You talk about shooting the basketball. You talk about likes of Steph Curry, Reggie Miller. That's her range. Her focus is unbelievable. So right. I want to give a lot of love like to Kel- Caitlin Clark because she is an absolute baller. Number two on my up this week. Yeah, my down, the second half of the Ravens, speaking of number two, they play like number two in the second half. They give the Cleveland Browns a lot of credit. Well, they're able to defensively and also offensively, but if you're the Baltimore Ravens, you would have thought you would have learned the lesson after what happened the last time when you had a big lead versus the Indianapolis Colts at home or you had a sizable lead in the first half against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You would think in a division game that you would have learned your lesson. Instead, once again, you fell victim to having a lead and taking your foot off the gas. If you're the Baltimore Ravens, you should have learned a lot better and you paid for it once again by losing that game at home to the Cleveland Browns. Number three. Number three, I'm going to go to the Dallas Cowboys. Cornerback Deron Bland got his fifth interception this season. That's his 10th one since last year. No one else since 2022 has more interceptions. Mm -hmm. So shout out to that young man. Asante Samuel taught me when I played with him in Atlanta. Hey, man, if you're a DB, you want to get paid, you better learn how to catch the football. And if you catch the football and know how to take it back for a touchdown, then you're going to get paid a lot more. Now, he didn't take it back for a touchdown this week, but he has a lot of pick sixes in his career. Deron Bland, you're number three on my up. Keep attacking that ball. Shout out to Joe Witt, though. Yes. A guy who coaches him in the secondary. I was with Joe Witt at the University of Louisville. Joe Witt should be a defensive coordinator and then a head coach at some point, sometime within the next five years, folks. By the way, no one else has been better since 2022 when it comes to interceptions. Not named Deron Bland. Five this year, like you mentioned. Ten since last year. Nobody's even close to what he's done in a calendar year. My number three, I'm just going to let Mac Jones, Pages quarterback, say it for me. Yeah, they just told me I was out of the game, so I, I wasn't playing very good. So uh, I got taken out of the game uh, before the two-minute drive at the end of the game. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what it was. I know I'm going to hell on scholarship, but the Mac Jones era, whether it's an ERA, or E-double-R-O-R, 
that's got to be over New England now. And I've defended him to the hilt, but I can't do it anymore. I've seen way too much. I know too much about Mac Jones. People talk about Bill Belichick, whose job is on the line. I don't know how much about that. But Mac Jones, he ain't going to be the starting quarterback. Oh, his job gone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right right now, he is he is putting stuff in boxes. He has called U-Haul, and they're taking the stuff out of that building. This is going to be Bailey Zappi's job the rest of the year unless he gets injured. And the Patriots have a new quarterback in 2024. Because Mac Jones has shown after 2021, he couldn't do it in 2022. And he has not been able to do it in 2023. Yeah, I just... You knew it had to be bad when he just not too long ago led a game-winning drive versus the Buffalo Bills. Mm -hmm. And then he played so bad in that game yesterday that Bill Belichick said, I don't even care about that drive that you had versus the Bills. We're bringing in Bailey Zappi. Yeah, exactly. And and didn't even look back. Especially Bill O'Brien just completely upbraided him on the sidelines. Felt like somebody told their mom and dad they snuck out at the end of the night and their mom and dad caught him and said, you are never going out again. That's how Mac Jones felt. Yesterday, this Mac Jones era, E-R-A, or error, E-R-R-O-R, has come to an end with the Patriots. Keep weighing in on Twitter, Coleman ESPN, and H. Douglas 83 who put up or shut up this weekend in the NFL. Also hit us up at 888 say espn 888 You can always enter the chat on the Dr. Pepper call in line. And when it comes to putting up, that's what C.J. Stroud in Houston, Texas, then winning on the road versus Cincinnati. You're going to hear how that was worth $5.5 million. Keep it here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. It is a Reggae Monday, Freddie and Harry edition. He is Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80 and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Ten minutes away from finding out how the system is broken in Los Angeles. That has nothing to do with LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. That comes to a end about 10 minutes, and nothing is broken. Harry Douglas, when it comes to the Houston Texans, nobody thought this team win four games this year. Here they are, five and four, a game out of first place in the AFC South after beating Cincinnati yesterday 30-27. They get that game-winning field goal on a final drive. And because of that, somebody in Florida is now $5.5 million richer one of the largest payouts on a parlay ever reported as a bet by a U.S. sportsbook came down to that final seconds, and because of that winning drive, a better in Florida who put a $500,000 four-leg NFL parlay with the Hard Rock Sportsbook 
won $5.5 million when Texans kicker Matt Amendola hit that game-winning field goal. Here were the four legs of the parlay. Texas beating the Cincinnati Bengals. Check. Ding. Texas Bengals game to go over 44.5 points. Ding. Texas running back Devin Singletary to score a touchdown. Ding. Singletary to go over 51.5 rushing yards. Ding, 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 ding. Equals $5.5 million for somebody very lucky in the state of Florida. What what I've what I'm learning now in the betting world because I, I've never been a huge like sports better, mm-hmm. um, but now that I watch a lot of people and and how they do it, these parlays is actually where it's at. If you really want to make a ton of money, absolutely trying to hit these parlays and you don't even have to bet a ton of money now this better bet five hundred thousand dollars that allowed him to win five point five million. But must, nice, must be nice to have that kind of scratch the bet. Oh, yes, but it's crazy when you can see someone bet like $100 and uh-huh. have like four or five different parlays and they hit them, and next thing you know, they win $10,000, $20,000. Like, I think that's pretty cool. The fact that someone had the wherewithal to say, I think that could work, that four-leg parlay. I got $500,000 just lying around somewhere. <laughs> well, that's not I, – I, I, that, that can't be just anybody. Because no, it isn't, yeah. The, for them to be that strategic, they uh-huh. have to do this on a regular basis. Yeah, they're, they're professional gamblers. Oh, that yes. We're not worried about somebody taking their pocket money, Akeem. He knew, no. exactly, <laughs> she knew exactly what to do with that money to win $5.5 million. When it comes to money, a lot of people like the money that C.J. Stroud is playing with in terms with the Houston Texans and being that close to first place in the AFC South and getting all that attention last week or so. Shannon Sharp on first take today's ESPN NFL analyst. He says, we should be talking about C.J. Stroud this way, the way that Freddie and Harry talked about C.J. Stroud last week. He's top 10 in passing yards, touchdowns, QBR, and quarterback rating. He's only thrown two t- uh, two interceptions yeah. with 15 touchdowns. And let me tell you why. Even if he doesn't, even if they don't win the division, if they make the playoffs, think about this. They were 11-38-1 over the last three seasons. He gets this team into the playoffs. How do you not give him the MVP? Considering he, Cam Newton, and Andrew Luck are the only three rookie quarterbacks to pass for over 350 yards on three occasions. They did it over 16 games. He's done it through the first nine weeks of the season. I agree 100% with Shannon Sharp. Like, I think C.J. Stroud right now is the MVP frontrunner. And I do understand that this can change week to week. But mm-hmm. what I've seen from this young rookie quarterback this season has been unbelievable. Right now, he's currently second in the National Football League in passing yards. But the, here's something I don't want people to ignore. C.J. Stroud has the clutch gene, y'all. And the reason why I say that, you look at mm-hmm. when they got the football back with a minute and 33 seconds left against the Cincinnati Bengals, he's able to drive them down and get a field goal. You look at when he got the football back with 40 seconds left on the clock and goes down and throws a touchdown pass versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Tank Dale. When they played the Falcons, even though they lost this game, right. he was able to throw a, a touchdown pass to Dalton Schultz with a minute and 49 seconds left, and the defense couldn't get a stop. And I think the Falcons went down and kicked the field goal and won that game. But that clutch gene was still there for C.J. Stroud. So I don't think it's by mistake right. that he's making these plays. I just think some people are born with it and mm. some people don't have it. Yeah. C.J. Stroud, in my opinion, he has the clutch gene. We now have to view him. Hey, if this young man gets an opportunity and it doesn't matter if it's two minutes, minute and 30 seconds, 35, 40 seconds, you better tell your defense to tighten up because most likely he's going to go down and put his team in a position to either win a game or tie the game up. Well, he's definitely getting A-plus in every class at Hemothy University when it comes to C.J. Stroud. There's no (laughs) doubt about that. He has passed every class where we've been able to see. 
And you're exactly right. By the way, Harry Douglas, that's him, Freddie Cohen. That's me and Freddie Harry on ESPN Radio. Wait in at 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. Should C.J. Stroud right now be the leading contender for the MVP as a rookie quarterback for the Texans? 888-729-3776. You're spot on when it comes to a lot of football to be played because now he's gotten everybody's attention, and you know how I feel about these things. I love it. I think it's fantastic. If I had my vote, there are two guys that I think should be more of a leader for it, but I know they're never going to get it because they're like the ugly man in a bar. That's when it comes to Miles Garrett, the Cleveland Browns, and TJ Watt, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Those guys, those guys have had such an impact on both of their teams. Miles Garrett routinely each and every week in the NFL, when that game is finished, no matter who they play, you say, that guy was the best player in the field. I don't care what quarterback's on the other side. That guy was the best player in the field. T.J. Watt, just his effort alone just makes everybody play better and not just an offensive side. But on planet Earth, I know they have no chance of being in the MVP <laughs> conversation. They'll get defensive player of the award. Those are two leading candidates. You can put Micah Parsons of Dallas in that mix as well, but those two guys right now are leading it. But they have had that kind of impact on both of their teams as defenders. But you have a guy like C.J. Stroud on a team that people looked at and said, man, what kind of dumpster fire is this going to look like in 2023? Hopefully they can build something around him. We think they got the right kind of coach when it comes to Miko Ryans. And the fact that you go out there and you won three out of your last four. And now I want to see how they handle being the hunted. Because the last time in the situation where they prohibited a favorite, they lost the Carolina Panthers 15-13. to 13. That mm-hmm. happens to young teams. They're going to play the Cardinals. All of a sudden now, they got everybody's attention. More eyes on the Houston Texans. More eyes on C.J. Stroud. That conversation, that narrative is going to be there. Guy in the MVP conversation. Guy leading the MVP conversation, according to Shannon Sharp of First Take and Harry Douglas and Freddie and Harry. I can't wait to see exactly, like I mentioned, he's been terrific, but it's still a long season in the National Football League. And I like the two choices that you had. Miles Garrett right now, who's tied for first in the league with 11 sacks, and T.J. Watt is right behind him with 10 and a half. And we see what both of those guys mean to their team and the success that their teams are having right now. If I'm not mistaken, the Cleveland Browns are 6-3, and three, and also yep. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are 6-3 and three as well. Both of those two guys are in the same division as well in the AFC North where you have to be tough, play hard-nosed football, understand the weather's not going to be great every single week. Those guys in Embrace all of that. They embrace the cities that they play in as well. But let me say this, though, Freddie. Okay. I think it will be great for the National Football League all right. if a rookie quarterback okay. like C.J. Stroud all right. won MVP. Okay. Has a rookie ever won MVP of the National Football League? All right, keep going. I'm listening. I'm liking. Well, and I, and I say that just because of now you have another face of the National Football League, right? Sure. When you look at the already in the AFC, um, I'm just going to talk that conference for a second. Now, when you yeah. look at Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. you have Josh Allen, you have mm-hmm. Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. Justin Herbert, mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Now you add a C.J. Stroud to that as right. well. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Well, Lord knows he has the personality. There's no doubt about that. And he does not mind showing his emotions. As buttoned up as people thought he was at Ohio State, that's been the complete opposite right now. The fact that we're even having a conversation like this in a loaded AFC with the Houston Texans, the fact we're having any kind of conversation that is not negative involving the Houston Texans, if anything, if we want to be really, really honest with each other, the true MVP so far this year has been Mike Tomlin, the coach of Pittsburgh Steelers. 
They've been outgained in every game this year. I don't know how in the hell they're six and three. Ryan Clark, who played for that team, we had him on last Wednesday. We asked him how the Steelers do it. I don't know. <laughs> He's, I've seen every play. Now I don't know. You can go ask every Pittsburgh Steelers play. Man, how you guys six and three? I don't know. We'll take the six and three and move on. So if we're going to have be honest with each other, if anybody could be an MVP candidate, it could be Mike Tomlin's a head coach. But that CJ Stroud is doing with this organization, as star-crossed as they've been as much of a dumpster fire that they have been, it's been unreal. Then you go into that den of thieves in Cincinnati, that defense has been playing extremely well, Joe Burrow in the face of the league on the other side, and you outdo him and you have a chance with 544 yards on the road, that's why we're having those kind of conversations that we could not have foreseen coming regarding the Houston Texans. I got to give a lot of credit to the head coach, number one, D'Amico Ryans, and also the Absolutely. offensive coordinator, Bobby Slowick, because – when I seen this football team in the preseason and I seen how many times C.J. Stroud was getting hit, I was saying, good Lord, please right. get him out of the damn game. Get him right. out. Mm-hmm. Because the offensive line at that time was decimated, right? Right. Um, or depleted, I should say. And the job that they have done from game one to now, mm-hmm. understanding C.J.'s strengths yep. through and through, not just C.J., but you know Tank Dale, uh, Noah Brown, Dalton Schultz Absolutely. and company, understanding what the offensive line is. Yeah. And then defensively, what D'Amico Ryans has, has built within this defense. Those guys, when I mean they gave Joe Burrow and company hell yesterday. They did. That defense gave Joe Burrow and company hell. And it's not many teams I can say that, say that about when it comes to Joe Burrow. But, right. they, but they did. As a matter of fact, Herm Edwards, ESPN NFL analyst, he's going to join us in 15 minutes. And I can't wait to hear what he has to say because he's already in the background. That boy good. When it comes to C.J. Stroud <laughs> and the Houston Texans, he's going to explain even that further. boy bad. He's going to explain even further how that boy is bad when it comes to C.J. Stroud when he joins the studio for happy hour with Herm Edwards that comes up in about 15 minutes. In five weeks, the Houston Texans will be in first place. He said in five weeks, Woo! the Houston Texans will be in first place. He will elaborate on that in 15 minutes. And Herm Edwards joins us in the studio here on Freddie and Harry. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Speaking of the number five, it's been five games involving James Harden. And boy, is it ugly in Los Angeles. If you could have seen the look on her Edwards' face when I said that, that's why the show needs to be simulcast. We'll get to that next. <laughs> we'll talk about King Cotton, Anthony Davis, too. That's next on Freddie Harry, and this is ESPN Radio. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Reggae Monday on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman together on the ESPN app. Sirius X and Channel 80. And don't forget to tell that smart speaker to play ESPN radio. My boy Harry has not been a good family affair involving James Harden. Now I remember the Clippers. 0-5 before the trade was made. 0-4 with him in the lineup. No! Yes. I, I, you mean it's not working? You are as surprised as everybody else out there. I get it. <laughs> Clippers coach Ty Lue said that James Harden is being too polite. In their loss last night to Memphis, he missed six or seven three-pointers, scored only 11 points and losing to Grizzlies. But Ty Lue says that James Harden is being too polite so far with the Clippers. Oh, I think he... What he wants with James Harden, here's the thing, though, right? When you come over to a new team, you're trying to field things out. I think Ty Lue wants James Harden to just play, mm-hmm. just be himself. Don't try to field things out. Go out there and make things work. And at a, as a point guard in a system, I don't think you really can field things out as right. a point guard because mm-hmm. your responsibility, number one, is to get everyone involved and make sure you have everyone set up in a proper manner. Right Now, if we're talking about – a power four or a shooting guard, 
that might be a little different because a point guard now has to get you the basketball. But even mm-hmm. then, for a shooting guard, if you bonafide like that, yeah. I don't want you to fill anything out. I want you to go play. And I think okay. James Harden might be trying to do a little too much filling out when it comes to his teammates versus just a, being in attack mode. It's still a small sample size. Yeah, I know it looks terrible, especially when, on the other side, Philadelphia, the highest team in the NBA, they're 8-1 and one after losing opening night. They haven't lost since. Tyrese Maxey scoring 50 points. Joel Embiid basically said he was determined. Tyrese Maxey had the game. Joel Embiid was determined to get me 50. Joel Embiid scored 37. And he said, I'm determined to get you 50. And he got that beating the Pacers 137 to 126. Now, I think Joel Embiid tweeted something like Tyrese Maxey 50-piece, the franchise, or something like that. Mm -hmm. That says everything Mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. That says that Joel Embiid loves playing beside this young player who is Mm -hmm. averaging, I believe it's 28.6 points per per game right now, seven assists. There's no drama on this basketball team. And I hate Kelly Oubre Jr. got injured, man. I I wish him a speedy recovery because he was playing lights-out basketball as well for this basketball team. But I think overall, as a team for the Philadelphia 76ers they're so comfortable within that organization internally that they don't have to worry about nonsense and they can just go out there and be free and play and I'm trying to think it was Tyrese Maxey when he had that phenomenal game right in his post game interview he said no this is not about me this is about Kelly Oubre I want him to get better I love that guy I just met him and I already love him that tells me everything about this team when it comes to being in unison and loving one another and gravitating towards each other that I need to see or I need to know and that kind of probably wasn't there mm-hmm. while they were trying to get rid of James Harden because mm-hmm. it was there a little bit, but there's so much in between. Is he going to be here? Is he not going to be here? It, it, does James want this to be his team? We know Embiid mm-hmm. is the forefront of everything. So once you get that off your back, get that off your shoulders, everything is, 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 is I would say, in, in praise fashion because you can put all that behind you and you can move forward. And we see this team right now, the number one team in the Eastern Conference. Great stuff by Harry Douglas joining me for Freddie Coleman and Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. The tie in when certain situations happen and a black cloud is no longer there, everybody feels immensely better. Or if somebody isn't there because something happened and you play for that person. You look at Michigan football. Boy, they had a spree, they had a whole thing camaraderie. They come together and say, we're going to win for our coach. That's the kind of coach they built. That kind of loyalty where you had the assistant coach, the interim coach crying after the game and Blake Corn, the running back, saying, we did this for our coach. You look at last night, the Las Vegas Raiders, and I know that 2-0 with Antonio Pierce, their head coach. I know they haven't played the best of the National Football League when it comes to beating the Giants last week and beating the Jets last night. But they looked a hell of a lot happier not having Josh McDaniels around. You see the same thing in Philadelphia. Now, I'm not going to say that could be the other way when it comes to Los Angeles Clippers. They haven't been together long enough to figure out each other when it comes to where do you like the ball here? How do you fit there? Hanging out with each other. You'll find out about people I've been wanting to be around them or if they don't want to be around you. But you look at Philadelphia, just seeing how they're just playing with joy again. They're playing for each other. They love playing with each other and just playing beyond the, the norm, going beyond the line when it comes to teammates. It says a lot that that happened really, really quickly. And you don't know if that's going to be the same, if that's going to work out the other way with the Los Angeles Clippers. No, I I don't know right now. And I think that's the big question, right? So many people had questions when the trade was made. How was mm-hmm. was it going to fit? Because you're talking about four guys who need the basketball. And now that they're 
on this five-game losing streak, four games since James Harden started playing, mm -hmm. there at some point you would think it has to be some light at the end of the tunnel. Right. Now, Ty Lu, he's one of the best in the business. He's going to have to figure things out and how they can move forward. But I like the fact that he's challenging James Harden. Saying Absolutely. That, you know, he's being too nice. Yeah, because he's defining his role for him. He said, yep. you know what? You don't worry about trying to figure out we know what you can do. That's why we wanted you here because we believe you're going to make everything better for everybody. At least that's the plan. They're hoping that past events won't affect them in the future and become future events. But that was his way of saying, don't worry about trying to fit in. We know what you can do. Let me worry about that. Go do mm -hmm. your thing, and we'll make that fit around you, even though so far they're 0-4 ever since James Harden been on the basketball court for the Los Angeles Clippers. When it comes to those numbers, those numbers don't lie when it comes to what the Houston Texans have done, what the 49ers did, and also what the Baltimore Ravens haven't done. That's next on Freddie and Harry. Herm Edwards joins us next in studio. On ESPN Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.